now it's time for a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hey, Adam. Hey, Van. What's going on? Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. And so a big thanks to our generous sponsors for this episode over at Thematic, who are here to help you take your videos and your podcast to the next level, using real music from real artists for your content. Copyright claims, particularly on YouTube, are the absolute bane of my existence, but you can avoid those entirely thanks to Thematic and keep 100% of your ad revenue with their Trackmatic AI experience, in which songs are instantly matched to your content's themes and save you fellow creator types some also valuable time that you'd otherwise spend searching for the right music. Wave goodbye to copyright claims. Bye, copyright claims. Ye shall not be missed. So, head on over to hellothematic.com today and sign up for free so you can enjoy their creator tool toolkit, trackmatic AI, and so, so much more. And so, our thanks again to the gang of Thematic. Now, back to the show. It's the Night of the Hunted, and it's just as well, because it lives inside the Pigeon Tunnel. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Adam Ball, and this is Off Screen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Groovy. Hello and welcome back to the show then. Okay, we have got three brand new movies to delve deep into with Van. He's seen them all. I haven't. Um, so let's first of all start with the documentary then, Van. Uh, the Pigeon Tunnel. Talk to me the about The Pigeon Tunnel, which does not involve, involve either pigeons or tunnels, would you believe, Mr. Ball? Hello, by the way. I missed <laughs> you last week. So obviously we were off last week, so I, I, I feel like I've had like a, a breather from you. It's, it's nice to see you again. You, your face is... It's nice, to, it's nice to see your face once more more uh yeah pigeon tunnel likewise uh yeah, n- new documentary about uh john le carre you know the novelist the author john le carre who famously you know gave us tinker taylor soldier spy the godfather of the you know literary spy genre today and uh this is, uh, this is a documentary of uh, a retrospective documentary of his career to date um so the, the actual term the pigeon tunnel and this is what i said there's no pigeons or tunnels in this as he himself tells us very early on, at some point, everything he's ever written has been titled The Pigeon Tunnel. He just loves that title. And it refers to um, a shooting uh, a shooting uh, place that his father would take him to, where they would go and they would, they would just have you know, tunnels that pigeons came out of and his father would shoot the, the pigeons down. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it comes from. And what you get here is a full-blown warts and all 90-plus minutes uh, retrospective. It's been put out. It's out today. Uh, limited theatrical and I think via Apple TV Plus as well. So you can stream this one at home for an Apple TV Plus subscriber. And say so this will take you through the life and times, the inspirations behind and where all the ideas came from for the entire pantheon of John le Carre fiction. Have a, have a listen. In your memoir, you say none of it's true. It's as I imagined it. When I was in MI6, it wasn't enough for me. So what I did was reinvent the secret world and fill my own people with it. Why is betrayal an important concept to you? It has a long family background. Writing is a journey of self-discovery. I see my own life as a succession of embraces and escapes. Maybe this is an interrogation. Maybe I am self-deceived. I don't know. But I'll answer any question you wish me to answer as truthfully as I can. 
So I'm assuming we get some real life footage in here. Uh, what, what's that? Talk to me about that. What's oh, yeah. that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, Errol Morris, <clears throat> who directed, uh, I, I looked this up just before the show because I couldn't remember who, what Errol Morris had done uh, recently. It turns out not that much uh, recently, uh, but I know him for having directed The Fog of War in the early 2000s, uh, I think. Uh, wealth of, you know, really intriguing archival footage uh, being used here. And I, I will be honest, I, I, fascinating stuff. Really fascinating stuff. I didn't know an awful lot about John Le Carre. Do you know an awful lot about about John John Le Carre outside of just the the, the novels? I'm the same. I know nothing. I didn't. I didn't even know, for instance, that John Le Carre isn't actually his name. I never even knew that. But uh, yeah, what? so I think he's is he David. I think he's David Cornwell, I think his name was originally, and John Le Carre is the, the oh. pseudonym that he put on, obviously. Went into the service, served his country, came out afterwards, and then created, you know, the iconic works like uh, Spy Who Came In From The Coal, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, etc. All of that stuff uh, is created based on uh, his experiences, you know, serve, serving in wartime. Um, I just want to apologise, by the way, if you hear dogs yapping in the background, uh, if, if anyone can't see the video, if anyone's like just listening can't see the video, I am not at home. I'm not at my home studio this week. I am I'm all the way in Cambridge at <laughs> my mum's, and we have seven yappy dogs uh, running about the place. So I've, I've tried to curtail as much as possible, but you can occasionally hear a bit yapping. So apologies for that. Um, but yes, you get uh, recreations of the, the certain like uh, recreations of of you know episodes of, as we're being told the stories things like that uh played by you know recreations starring actors and things like that. it's not really a big name cast or I thought it's not like a name cast these are like bit player kind of performances uh but it is say just a really compelling uh look at the at that story lucari no i didn't know uh i say i didn't know anything really beyond obviously i've, I've read tinker taylor i've you know reviewed every version i think of tinker taylor soldier spy uh but yeah she's seeing this it was a lot like about as fascinating as when you get those documentaries about ian fleming or roald dahl and how their service in war led directly to you know their their work in the literary field down the line and yeah fascinating stuff uh a lot of black and white in there obviously um out today uh say the pigeon tunnel on apple tv plus i would recommend this one i think you'd be intrigued by this yeah, I've seen some of the recreated parts mm. on uh, one of the trailers, and actually the cinematography looks quite impressive from what I've seen. I only saw a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. And you know me, a documentary, I'm in. No matter, It could be a documentary about grass, and I would watch it because I always <laughs> like to learn something new. So um, this is great. If you want to watch it, <laughs> the uh, Pigeon Tunnel on Apple TV from today. We are back in a moment. We're going to talk about It Lives Inside, and we've got um, Night of the Haunted to talk about as well before the end of the show. So stay right where you are. Hello and welcome back to the show then. Um, let's crack on. We've got two movies left to talk about. Van's seen them both. Night of the Haunted in a moment. But right now, it lives inside. Now, I know nothing about this. Uh, it's got to be a horror from that title. I mean, it's almost like it's that time of the year, Adam. Can you I know, imagine right? such a thing? <laughs> um, uh, incidentally, by the way, it's Night of the Haunted. I know why you would say haunted, but it's haunted. Oh, did I say haunted? film with the same name. 
You oh, said haunted, and uh, uh, to be fair, there is another film in existence called Night of the Hunted, and I keep getting the two whenever I'm like researching, and because I keep getting the two mixed up. So do uh, I, but, apparently. And so do you. But we're not talking <laughs> about Night of the Hunted yet, although I can't wait to discuss that with you because I think you're really going to enjoy that one. Same. Uh, it lives inside. Which do you know? This turned up in my inbox, in my inbox months ago now, uh, from the American side because obviously still registered as a Chicago film critic. So I uh, I had a, uh, the American side email me about this a while, but I was like, oh, that sounds really intriguing. Um, didn't have to wait long. It's here now. It's got its UK release. I think it's about six weeks ago, maybe, in the uh, in the US. Um, new movie, uh, pro- which centers around um, an Indian-American uh, teenager. So you've got a teenage girl of Indian uh, Indian uh, ancestry who's been raised in the U.S. Uh, named I think her name's Samira, but she goes by Sam, and all she wants really is to assimilate, in, in basically to just be ignored for all cultural value. She just, as far as she's concerned, she doesn't want to be remarkable or special. She just wants to be same as all the white kids, basically. Uh, she has another um, Indian American friend. She, she knows from school, who comes to her one day and says, uh, I've got this demon in a jar. I've got this little evil spirit in a, in a glass jar, and I feed it raw meat to keep it, like, at bay. It's like an ancient demon. I, I keep it at bay with this with, with raw meat, and I put it in the jar, and, and that's it. Um, and, of course, Sam thinks her mate's being nuts and inadvertently lets lets the genie out of the bottle, so to speak. So literally like, breaks the jar. And, uh, and then wouldn't you know it, Almost as if someone had told her this would happen. Bad things start to occur. Have a listen. What's going on with you? There's a monster in here. It's all the stories, but the ones we heard growing up, they're, they're, they're true. They're all true. They're such a psycho. No. Please, send me that. I can't do this alone. Please. Well, I mean, the premise of this for a horror movie sounds absolutely brilliant. As far as the, the spirit or the evilness that comes from this jar... Does it form anything tangible, or is it a mystery kind of shadows and dark, funny, whispery black things flying around the air? C, all of the above. Um, there's every, this is really bloody good. It's a really, really good movie. This one, um, creepy as hell, really creepy, gorgeous. Looking at the visuals on this, incredible. Um, I think it's the first feature film from uh, writer director Bishal Dutta. And the performance you've got in the lead is a young actress, I'm trying to remember this name, uh, Megan Surrey. Uh, Megan Surrey in the lead. Absolutely mesmerizing. I mean, this, this teenage girl can just reduce you to rubble with just her eyes. Like, wow. very much a facial actress. Like, very much, it's all in the eyes. And the intensity and the, the, the power that she brings to this role is really impressive. Like, really, really something. Um, well written. I I, I, I was I edge my seat a whole way through. It's one of those really great horror movies that understands that uh, 
that in, in some cases, you know, the scariest thing imaginable is it's it's in the old traditions. It's in it's in the old cultural traditions, and it's in the ancient texts. And this is very much one of those. Um, uh, performance as well in there that quite surprised me from I want to say his name is, is it Vic Sahai? I want to say Vic Sahai. Vic Sahai, okay, who plays uh, Megan Surrey's on-screen father. I think his name's Inesh. I think his name's um, uh, very good performance. Uh, you know, you know well delivered. Everything. But what really surprised me about it is I did not realize for the entirety of the movie that it was Vic Sahay. Because Vic Sahay is a goofball, dumbass comedian type who I know from things like Chuck. If you've ever seen the TV show Chuck with Zach Levi, have you ever seen that one where he's got the, the, the database oh. in his head? He's got, like, the CIA database yeah. in his head. Yeah. Um, Vic Sahay is one of the guys who works at. You know the Geek Squad place in that series, and he's and gets a lot to do. He's you know a really entertaining performer. Um, but seeing him go for serious drama here, because that, that's kind of the role he goes for is is an, it, it's an emotional linchpin uh, part. And the scenes he shares with Megan Surrey are really well done. I say I really loved this end to end performances all the way across the board. Great visually, very good um, in terms of the. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much for you with this one, but in terms of uh, its additions, its its new additions to the horror pantheon, the things that you're going to remember the movie for down the line, yes, yes, very much so. This is a movie I actually, I mean, perfect you know, release window, obviously, because it's a week before Halloween. If you're looking for something to go to the multiplex this Halloween and enjoy, and you've already seen, presumably saw X, uh, you know, for instance, ooh, check this one. This is really, really good, powerful, pulse-pounding stuff. But again, I, I what I found uh, most impressive, I think, was the care and sensitivity in which it delved into um, it, the, the, its, its cultural traditions. It delved into this entire area that, again, not really something I would I would have an awful lot of uh, first-hand knowledge uh, with, but made for a damn good horror movie. So that's called It Lives Inside. And uh, you can see that in cinemas from today. I've I've seen the trailer to it. I've got to say, it's certainly got mm. some thriller jumpy bits. Especially the uh, I won't be spoiling anything because it's in the trailer. But the bit on the swing mm. is the bit that made me kind of go, yes. "Whoa, yes. this looks good." You see, you see it happening like that is what a physical performance as well. Cause yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really uh, it, yeah, yeah. This this sticks with you as well. This this will stick with you. This film. Uh, so it's like it lives inside. Definitely worth checking out. Cinemas from today. All right, we are going to be back in just a second. Night of the Hunted. We'll find out what that's all about in a second. Stay there. Hello and welcome back to the show for one last ride. All right, let's talk about Night of the Hunted. We aren't far away from Halloween and this sounds like the perfect kind of movie you want to be going to see, right, Van? Yes, you are going to love this one, Mr. Ball. So... Night of the Hunted, at night at the Hunted, Night of the Hunted, uh, new movie. It's been released in cinemas today by uh, Vertigo, but I believe it's it's been co-produced with Shudder. You know the horror streaming platform Shudder. Yes, they've actually uh, got a stake in this, and it stars uh, Camille Rowe. It's written and directed, well, it's directed and co-written, sorry, by uh, Frank Calhoun. Now, Frank Calhoun, name I knew, could not for the life of me remember why. So went went and looked up. And it turns out Frank Calhoun directed one of my very favourite movies of 2012, the uh, Elijah Wood remake of Maniac. 
Uh, he directed that. Also directed uh, one of those just trashy little gems that I adore. A 2007 slasher starring Rachel Nichols uh, called P2, in which a woman is uh, stalked through a car park. And just on the level P2. Oh, that and would freak me I, out. Oh, uh, check that one out, P2. It's like a forgotten gem. There's loads of really great, trashy little 90-minute horror movies from the late 2000s, uh, the late noughts, like uh, Vacancy with Luke Wilson and, and P2. And things like that. They're always worth checking out. And say, this very much fits into that mold. So what you've got here is a 95-minute nuts and bolts survival horror thriller. So, stars Camille Rowe. She is a young woman who pulls into a petrol station one night, leaves the boyfriend out of the car, you know, filling the petrol. She goes in to, you know, get a drink and pay up, etc. Walks in and there's bullet holes everywhere. And the lady behind the counter is dead. And then, wouldn't you know it, she gets a bullet through her as well. And there's a bullet through the boyfriend. And the entire place is basically laid waste uh, laid waste to at the behest of a maniac sniper who has set up encampment across the road on a big billboard that I think says hashtag God is nowhere uh, on it and basically um, gets onto her uh, through uh, a, a, a radio, a, a two way radio that, that happens to be in the store um, and taunts her. For this night, it's, it's not much of a. There's no hunting going. On. I don't know where the hunted comes into the into the title because she's not really hunted. She's in one place. She's, you know, she's literally. She's captured. She's, she's basically yeah. She's just basically she's detained. It's night of the detained. I think more than anything else. But basically, <laughs> yeah, before before you can say sniper fire, she's you know ducking behind the end caps in this petrol station, uh, popping up umbrellas to try and give herself any kind of shelter, and it's her versus the maniac. Have a listen. Hey, Alice. What's going on? John? Hello? You have to call the police, please. My friend just got shot. I'm sorry. Because I blew his head off. Who are you? More importantly, who do you think you are? This reminds me of phone box, but a gas station instead of a phone box. Phone booth. Phone booth. That's the one. Uh, phone booth. Well, there's the phone booth where he's in the phone. He's actually in the phone booth, and then the cellular from about a year after that, which is the same damn thing, but it's with a mobile phone. And it's Chris Evans. <laughs> That's and has Statham as the villain. We all forget that. That's about right. Cellular. It had bloody Statham as the villain doing a really awful accent in that one. I don't know what he was thinking, but beside the point. Oh, also, it had Jessica Biel. Let's not bury the lead on that one. Sorry, had Jessica Biel. Um, yeah. So, this has Camille Rowe. Not a huge uh, cast in this one. I think there's maybe four people here on screen throughout wow. this 95-minute thing. But, uh, Frank Calhoun is your MVP here. And, you know, when you've got a concept as good as this, like, I mean, that's from the clip, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Like, yeah. You're intrigued. From the setup I've given you and that clip, you're intrigued already. But, having you know, the director of the Maniac remake and P2 be the guy behind this as well. Yes. Oh, yes. Like that. that goes down gangbusters in my book. This really works. As far as its sense of location, uh, you know, its, its sense of environment, using those surroundings, 
does a very, very good job. Uh, it is one of those movies that you do uh, in, in the best possible way. I, I tend, tend to find that with survival horror, what really makes or breaks them, for me, usually tends to be the, does it pass the yes, but what if I test? You know, when you're watching it, yeah, but why don't you just... Yeah, and then they think of that. Every avenue is covered in this, which I I, I have to tip my hat to them for. They have thought this. And you say, that makes or breaks any survival horror thriller for me. This does fall a little bit more on the side of the thriller than the horror, it has to be said. There's a little bit of gore, you know, obviously there kind of has to be, the nature of it, but it's very much more of a thriller. And when you compare it to something like Phone Booth, yes, you've hit the nail right on the head. And if you are a fan of Phone Booth, yeah, you've got, to see it. you've got to see this. You've got it's really, really good. But what's actually quite clever about it as well is, um, as you can hear from the taunting killer uh, motif in the clip, um, there's, there's there's quite a sharp uh, level of writing applied to said maniac um, in in how he goes about how he tries to how he brings in elements like the alt right, how he brings in things like anti vaxxers and things like that. This very clearly, this was not a movie you know that's been sat on a shelf since COVID, like very recently made film because it's got quite contemporary sensibilities at times when it talks about our attitude to conspiracy theorists, for instance. But it's it's a movie that you wouldn't have made, wouldn't have made the same way before the January 6th insurrection. And that does come up. I think it's very, very good. I think the performance uh, by Camille Rowe is great. I think, all right, your, your villain is no Kiefer Sutherland in phone booth, granted. But pretty good villain. It works for me. I, I, I really like the movie. Didn't end the way I thought it would becomes a bit more of a straight standard horror movie kind of towards the end of gives up the thriller ghost a little but I wasn't dissatisfied it ticked every box I came away two thumbs up very happy job done 95 minutes no complaints bash yeah done I'm pleased to hear that actually because you saying mm. about there you think there's only like three or four people in it I always find it's quite hard to make a movie that has a really small cast that can really keep you a like into it and and attentive. There are Ryan Reynolds would like to chat that. with you about the movie Buried now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love. But I liked that movie. I thought that was great. Actually, not just Ryan Reynolds. His bloody wife. His wife did one. She did the Shallows, where she's yeah. on the where she, where the sharks going around, and she's on the, the the buoy in the middle of the yeah. Like both husband. That's so weird that both husband and wife did like solitary. What you know, solo show survival horror things. That's yeah, I thought about it. But and yeah, I, I loved them yeah. both. I think it's hard to do that. Yeah, but only one of those movies had a character named Steven Siegel. And <laughs> you know. well, um, I, I love the sound of this. I uh, it's definitely the sort of movie that I would want to watch. So that's two from this week. I've got to dive into at uh, some point in the next week or two, then. Yeah, absolutely should. And you know what? Next week's shaping up to be to be pretty good as well. Uh, next, I mean, I've seen one of the movies that's out next week, and <laughs> I went to the premiere of it. And uh, I'm sorry to say, it's not very good. I mean, uh... it's so. Next week, we are going to talk about the new Hammer movie, the latest attempt to revive Hammer horror, and it's the Eddie Izzard starring Doctor Jekyll, uh, which I went to the premiere for uh, quite recently, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a worse movie than that out next week. I can say that. Oh, um, is it that bad? No! It's pretty bloody awful. Yeah. Oh. Uh, right, other movies that are out next week, though, include 
brace yourself for this list list. Okay, so uh cat person, yeah, cool. Uh typist artist pirate king, which I don't know an awful lot about, but I mean on that title. We've got a new uh Liam Neeson movie in which, <laughs> which a psycho takes control of his electric car. <laughs> what drives him around to the shops? <laughs> I, I, I think a psycho takes command of his car, and the, the movie is called Retribution. Um, yeah, if anyone's going to do that, I'm glad it's Liam Neeson. Um, we've also got a new horror movie that I I was hoping to see uh, at uh, uh, Celluloid Screams. Celluloid Screams? Uh, we've got it, Fright Fest. Uh, Fright Fest uh, last month. Uh, Suitable Flesh, which uh, I've got a link for. I've got that to watch. I'm really looking forward to watching uh, Suitable Flesh. But the biggie next week comes courtesy of Netflix and David Fincher and uh, it stars Michael Fassbender it's the new movie The Killer which is out uh, next week so uh, looking forward Ooh. to that one but yeah, I, always get, these... I get excited when Netflix release new stuff because generally you know there's been a lot of money pumped into it and it's generally always pretty good well I mean that's, that's kind of the Netflix hallmark isn't it? Yeah. Netflix, Netflix have more money than God. You know, You're right. But I'm glad that they're giving that money to Fincher because you know, my favourite director. I literally I wear David Fincher's name around my neck most days. But um, he's one of the names on the filmmaker necklace that I, uh, I had made. Um, but yeah, give, give me a new Fincher movie, and you've got my money, sir. Or in this case, you've got my subscription, Netflix. But we've got that. Uh, we've got that to look forward to uh, next week, anyway. Brilliant. Loads and loads to look forward to. Um, so we will return next week. Until then, I've been Adam Ball. I've been Ben Connor. And as you say, we shall return.